0: Society podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Sir, and with another installation of the Dream Society podcast. And we have another ill guest in the building, or on the digital today, I should say. <laughs> uh, the founder of Noor, a skincare line that is dedicated to people of African descent,
1: uh, Miss May Abdel-Rahman.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah absolutely absolutely like we were just saying um, um michael ralph is my guy so he told me about you know just what you're doing and just your background um i just was like yo we gotta have her on the podcast um we we are a platform for just creative entrepreneurs people who are just really taking the, the power back to you know practice um just group economics and you know build businesses so we do feel like that is the way for freedom is um just, you know, financial freedom, you know? Um, so yeah, just give us a little background about who you are, you know, um, where did, you know, where did this, this idea come from? And yeah, let's start right there.
2: Yeah. So this idea, so right now, so I'm building more skincare company for people of color, but I'm starting with a sunscreen product. And it was really important for me to start with a sunscreen product specifically made for dark skin tones. Um, and I talked to a lot. That. Yeah.
0: I appreciate. Yeah. That.
2: I hope you both wear sunscreen.
0: Yo, I'm I was start. in my
2: like,
0: <laughs> weeks ago and I put on the Vaseline cocoa butter and I was like, I think no, I'm kidding. No, But I've always been under the <laughs> assumption. Like, that, I'm
2: so stressed out now.
0: <laughs> no, nah, but I always always this is probably super ignorant, but I've always been under the assumption that since I'm a, mel- a person that's melanated that I already have like natural UV protection in some sense. So I never really go hard with the whole sunscreen and stuff. I just put lotion on and lay out and go into the ocean when I'm
2: too hot. Yeah, so that's a a very common misconception Um, and something that a lot of people are realizing isn't true. So actually, um, before I get into the whole story of how I got here, I can tell you that um, people of color and black people, Are more prone to hyperpigmentation or getting like the darkening of the skin, getting dark spots. Also, black people are diagnosed are four times more likely to be diagnosed with advanced stage melanoma than white people. So, so it's definitely a a very big misconception. Um, I think the darkest skin tones have like a natural SPF thirteen, but the recommended is thirty, and I personally wear fifty or 50 every day. So yeah, every everyone needs sunscreen. Um, and I think black people are starting to realize that they need sunscreen, but a problem. So I, I had similar misconceptions and, you know, about four years ago, I went to a dermatologist for something totally unrelated. And her first question was, do you wear sunscreen every day? And I was like, of course not. Like I go to work every day. I'm in a building. I don't even sit by a window. I don't need sunscreen. She's like, well, what about on the way to work? What about when you're on the bus and the sun? And she started telling me all these things that I didn't realize that it was so important to wear sunscreen. Um, even just like health reasons aside and for vanity purposes, sunscreen is like the best way to prevent wrinkles and and it's the best anti-aging products that you could use. Mm. So I looked into the different types of sunscreens. She recommended some and I quickly realized that I wanted, there's two types of sunscreens with chemical filters and mineral filters. And I wanted to wear ones with mineral filters, but when I would wear the ones that she recommended, they all left this awful white residue on my face. I don't know if you guys have had that experience where it just leaves like that white, it just, it looks yeah. terrible.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about actually. Like um, the last time I was in I think it was miami i had sunscreen on and you know you go you look for the spf 30 or whatnot mm-hmm. but you could tell it just wasn't made for us you know mm-hmm.
2: yeah so i was like i went i actually i remember i called her i went back or something and i was like this isn't working i look it looks terrible is there something else that'll look better and she's like oh try some tinted sunscreens and she gave me you know a couple of recommendations there and i realized they were all tinted for people with fair skin and it didn't solve my problem and so for years i was like why can't this be tinted darker like if this was tinted darker it would look better on me um right. because i've seen how the tinted ones rub in on on people with fair skin and it you know it rubs in seamlessly it looks good so when i got to so right now i'm at harvard business school and when i got here last year i kind of built up the courage to just, you know, if that if, if the solution doesn't exist, I should just make it myself. Um, And I kind of once I got to business school, I I finally had the courage to do that.
1: That's dope. So I want to dissect that a little bit as far as like, building up the courage, was there like a mentor or a book you read? Or just what was the overall um wavering factor that made you decide you know what i'm gonna step out into entrepreneurship i'm in school right now you're at harvard business school like is it the environment or whatnot that made you uh you know just go out on your own as far as entrepreneurship
2: yeah i would say it's a combination. A combination of a lot of things so i would always say before i came you know one day i'm gonna start my own business i i really want to be a business owner um i want to build something from the ground up but i always thought that day will come eventually when i'm rich or when i'm whatever you know that day will come eventually and i think coming here to business school i've just been so inspired by first just so inspired by my classmates like there are people here who are also Building companies or people who've already built companies built and sold companies like the people here are so inspiring and you just feel like if they could do it, I think I can do it too. And then on top of that, I just can't begin to explain how willing people are to help and support. So you know, I have friends who every day see something that's for Black founders or a grant for a Black beauty company or something, just send me stuff all the time. I have professors who have put me in touch with, you know, amazing people with industry experts just because I told them what I was working on. And I wow. think just coming here and realizing like the power of the HBS network, I feel so grateful to be here and... Like I said, it just gave me the courage to try because I feel like I have so much support. And, you know, some of the people I've been put in contact with and are just willing to help me. It's just, it's incredible. I I don't know that I would have had the courage at this point if I if I wasn't here.
1: Mm. Indeed. I, I like that. Um, What's so interesting to me about that is the effects of the proximity of people who are all of that mental um just uh likeness right like and how that can affect you know what you do you know what i mean And it makes me think about communities who don't have proximity to people who think like this who are about creating and building businesses and what that can mean when you're around those type of people so i really love that aspect to it of just having you know having that mindset around and and um, why it's important you know to have that type of community um as far as you know your your mission now with this with this great company um, do you feel a sense of a responsibility to like you know reach out to you know disadvantaged communities to be able to share the knowledge you have about starting businesses or creating on, on their own as well too
2: yeah so I have, I have a lot a lot of thoughts about that mm. um, before I even had the idea of sunscreen and this the particular product that I'm working on, I knew I wanted to start a business, a company of some sort. And the the big some of the big reasons were because, you know, I've worked in underserved communities and I just think that there needs to be more of like a bridge and an access for people between like big companies and corporations and underserved communities. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of my main reasons why I wanted to start a company before I even had this idea was I just want to have autonomy and control over the decisions, the values that a company has, and particularly the hiring practices. So something that's important for me and that, you know, I was talking about with someone recently that I, I want to make sure I stay true to is I started a company because I want to hire formerly incarcerated people. That's wow. something that's really important to me. Um, right. And I think oftentimes, you know, formerly incarcerated people specifically, but a lot of people, you know, if you ha- didn't go to the right school or right. if you don't know the right people or things like that, like your resume isn't even going to get seen. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's something that I hope and I plan to stay true to. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's something I think about a lot.
0: That's dope. Yeah, it's definitely uh, tremendous. How did you get to Harvard? What where, where was that road? <laughs> that, <laughs> I, was <that's> get, <laughs> I was like, hey, we jumped into it, but let's let's peel it back a little bit.
2: So you have parents who are obsessed with education, first of all. Um, you know, my parents are they're both immigrants. Uh, they grew up in Sudan, they came here alone to pursue um, their PhDs and they met in the US. And so ever since like before I can remember, it's always been about education and like, you know, you need to do the best that you can do. And I think even before I understood racism, racial injustice and all of that, I think they were kind of priming me and my sister to just like be the best that you can be because if you have the the education and if you know your stuff like people can't discredit that you know someone could discredit you because you're a woman or because you're black or any of these things but if you have the right education people can't discredit what you know and so the the road to harvard business school has been a long one and it's been an interesting one um so when I was an undergrad, I, I did the pre-med curriculum. I thought I was gonna to go to medical school, you know, the classic classic African immigrant parents, like you're gonna be a doctor. Oh, you don't wanna be a doctor, you can be an engineer, but like that's about it. Um, but eventually I realized like that med- medical school wasn't for me and that wasn't my passion. Um, but I, I, you know, worked for for a few years and i discovered what my passion was and it kind of just led me to thinking okay business school is where i where i need to be to make kind of the next moves in my life and then you know now i'm here
0: yeah i saw on linkedin that you your, your previous role um you did underwriting for mm-hmm. companies that are public companies was this pre or post ipo
2: um, mostly posts and mostly public companies, but some we did some underwriting for companies that were about to IPO
0: mm. So yes. is is that something that's in the back of your mind or feather your cat for a strategy for Noor?
2: Honestly, I don't know. That's a that's a very interesting question I don't know. I I don't know how appealing an IPO would be I think you know, I'm someone who thinks a lot about the control, the val that I could have over my company, like in terms of like the values, like I stated, and and all of those things. And so I don't know that that's like something I'm thinking about, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's tremendous. Though I think um one one thought just to jump back a little bit is that uh, I'm of West Indian descent. Travis is as well. You're um a little bit closer to the motherland and we are um our people you know like i'm thinking like people my parents generations like they never had sunscreen and stuff like that like how would you sell that to, to individuals who would probably look at it as like i mean we've been enjoying this existence for so long why would we you know need that because like you said there are a lot of misconceptions in our uh particular um culture about it like even me like i'm just out here walling <laughs>
2: that's a great question like I think you're absolutely right is you know there's there are a handful of people like myself who wear sunscreen and who would you know readily want the product but what do I do for the people who are like no I don't need it I haven't used it all these things I actually think you know when you think about how the world is right now and you know how we're all it's the world is getting smaller and smaller we're all getting more connected and when you look at the purchasing habits of women in North Africa or the Middle East, um, you know, they're, they're much, we're much more connected, you know, first of all, in social media. So an influencer or beauty influencer, I follow somebody in Sudan could follow, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a much smaller world. And so I do think that kind of with the new generation um, and with people being much more like, you know, having access to beauty products, honestly. Um, I do think that people are, you know, gonna understand the benefits of sunscreen and use it. Um, I also think, you know, something that I, uh, another reason I think this product is so important is that in a lot of countries, it's funny, cause like here in the, U- here in the US we have, you know, racism, racial injustice, but in other countries where people, where everyone is seemingly black, Um, There's a lot of colorism Mm. and there can be a lot of like hate, like self hate for, for darker skin tones, which I think is super unfortunate. And, you know, Noor is built on the belief that all skin is beautiful and all skin deserves to be like valued and protected equally. And so I do think, you know, I I see my product also as kind of the, I don't know, like counter force or some, something like that to like different products that are, I think, very harmful, like skin bleaching creams and things like that. Mm. And so I do think people around the world, even in countries where it's probably not like sunscreen, I don't even know if you could find it in the stores readily. I do think that, it's, that people understand the impacts of the sun, what it's doing and, and could see a, a value to using this product.
0: Is that a topic in class, like the psychology of the, you know, potential market, like something like that, that's a little bit closer to home for us. Is, is Are those conversations had?
2: Yeah. In my classes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, it's so int- like something I didn't even expect from being here is whatever class you're in, if it's a marketing class, a finance class, whatever, an operation, like any type of class that you're in, I always find myself relating the topics to sunscreen <laughs> and to my business, okay. and so you know, just earlier today, actually, before um, before I was chatting with you guys, I was reading a case about disruption and and how to be a disruptor in the market, and the mm-hmm. case was using all these like kind of antiquated examples but I was like this is so relevant to sunscreen like am I a disruptor and I was like oh my god I'm not like how can I be a disruptor how can I do this so you know yeah we're the the conversations in class are so valuable and I think what's also really exciting about being in the HBS classroom is that you can bring in your real life experience or what you're working on and talk about it in relation to what the topic is which is which is really fun, and I find it's like the best way to learn.
1: Right. I love the fact that the Ivy League school education is like just teaches how to be an owner, how to teaches more, you know breeds CEOs compared to other colleges that may just breed employees. And I can see that how like just how important that is, especially for you know people of our community of our of our um, of our tribe. Um, one thing too, um, I wanted to ask you, especially for our audience that I think is interesting is, um, your family being from Sudan and you being from Sudan, um, it seems as this, you for your product that you created, you automatically think, thought about it from a global approach. Um, can you talk about why that's important to think globally when you're starting a business, when you're launching a business? (laughs)
2: Yes. Um, So actually recently I was talking to one of my mentors and I was sharing an idea with her and she was like, May, don't forget you are not just a local brand. This is going to be a global brand. And it's so important to think that way from the beginning, because something I've actually learned here through the cases that we read um, for our classes is that you can make seemingly small decisions in the beginning when your company is worth nothing or when you know it's just you with an idea, you can start to make decisions that you'll regret later. And so something that I think about and try not to get too bogged down by is how are the decisions I'm making today going to impact me a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Is there a chance I might regret this? is there a chance this is not the right move and if if that's the case who can i talk to to kind of who can i talk to to figure out if i should be doing this or if i should change paths um and and that's where that's where the network comes in too to to keep you honest and to keep you rem- and to keep reminding you that you need to think long term and you need to think big i actually have one of my professors from last year, um, when I was working on this over the summer, you know, I had a decision to make and it felt like a really big decision to me. And a lot of, I, I talked to some friends and they were just like, it's not a big deal right now. Like, you know, kind of, like without saying it being like, this isn't, you don't really have much yet. Like this isn't really worth anything yet, but it just felt like a big decision because I was like a year from now, five years from now, I don't want to regret it. So I like, called my professor um, and he was on vacation with his family, but he took the call and talked to me through it. And he was like, this is a big decision. This is how you should think about it. This is what I would do. And, you know, that's another reason I'm just like so grateful to have the network that I have, because otherwise I could make some seemingly small decisions now that I would regret later. And so that's why I always have to remind myself that You know, I am a founder, I am a CEO. This is a global brand. It might not be yet, but it will be. So, you know, act accordingly um, and always just like have that mindset.
1: 100%. I love that. I love that. And we got to start seeing that in ourselves that even if it's humble beginnings, that you legit have to start seeing yourself as that top CEO, as that person that has a multi million dollar budget. Um, business, you have to, you know, you have to speak it into existence before it actually happens. And, um, you know, sometimes we kind of diminish the fact that it's small beginnings or whatnot, but these are million dollar ideas. You are being a disruptor because, you know, sunscreen in the black community is not something that we, we're talking about. And it is needed because skin cancer is very real. Skin diseases are very real. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's really dope. Are there any like significant lessons you've learned? in the process yet that you can share with our audience um, about you know starting a business?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I'm learning lessons every day, which is the fun part and the scary part. Yeah. But I think a few that I've learned is, and this is kind of tied into viewing, like view yourself as a boss yeah. and make sure others view you that way. And so something that I've learned is don't apologize so much. And I think that lesson I'm trying to take into other aspects too, outside of the business is, you know, be humble and gracious, but you don't need to apologize to other people. I find a lot of times I'm like, Oh my gosh, sorry, this, or sorry, that, the things that like don't you don't really need to apologize. And I think when you stop doing that, people take you more seriously and especially as a woman you know, in in a situation where you know a lot of investors are men, a lot of you know industry experts that I end up talking to are men, I just need to make sure that they see me as, you know, a professional and as a boss. So I try actively to stop apologizing um, for things that I don't need to apologize for. And then I think another lesson that I've learned, and this is like, this is more tactical, but when you do start to build your network, first of all, building building a network is just so important. Yep. And I, when I first last, like uh, about a year ago, when I started working on this idea, um, I was a little bit scared to share the idea. One, I was like a little bit scared to say, oh my gosh, I'm starting a company. Like that that felt intimidating. And then two, I was also scared, like, what if somebody else takes the idea or something like that? But I quickly realized that you just have to share and you have to tell people because I can't tell you how many people I've just been in a random conversation with, not even about the company, not about anything. And I'll... I'll just mention, oh, I started Noor. We're creating sunscreen for people of color. And they'll be like, oh, sunscreen? I know somebody who knows somebody who makes sunscreen. Like, let me put you in contact or things like that. Like, you don't even, you can't even imagine how many connections you make just by sharing and being open and kind of, like you said, speaking it into existence, putting it out there. I think the more tactical um, piece of advice or lesson I learned is to to cultivate, cultivate um, Authentic relationships. Cultivate authentic relationships, but make sure you keep track of them and be strategic. So I got to a point where I'm like, oh, you know, I had talked to somebody about this, but who was that person? Or, you know, someone said that they were interested in sharing with me stuff about packaging but i can't remember who that person is so like keep a literal spreadsheet of the people in your network and what they do and like the conversations you've had with them your interactions with them because you don't want to be in a position where there could be someone who could really help you out and you can't remember their name or their email or how to get it in touch with them and i think just even this summer alone, my network tripled, you know? So it's just like so many people to keep track of. And that's not to say be, um, uh, what's the word I'm like, that's like not, it's not to say to be transactional about it. Like be authentic, be your authentic self and build genuine relationships with people, but just keep track of those relationships so that you don't, you know, miss out on opportunities.
1: Absolutely. Also, wanted to ask too before uh, we we close up is um I find that this generation is more keen and leaning leaning more on, on creating things on creating things. Have you noticed anything um, um, spiritually that it does for you or for your soul by the just the the mere process the journey of creating? Right, I feel like our parents were more um, you know focused on. I just need to provide, take care of my children, make sure they have a roof over their head, make sure they have, you know, um, be able to have health care and all the the, um, the important things. You know, we actually have the the agency. We have the, you know, capacity to create and build and do art. Is there something, uh, you know, about creating that you found that added to your overall just psyche well-being or just, you know, your, your soul, for lack of a better phrase?
2: Yeah, you know
1: not to get too deep. Sometimes no, no,
2: I, I no, I love it. It's it that's a very interesting question for me right now because I actually just started taking a class where we kind of talk about the being a founder and like the mood swings and like the emotional swings and all of that. And so I would say, you know, on the best days, I'm just feeling so empowered and in control and proud of myself. Mm. And it really does like feed the soul and it feels so good to be kind of like the master of your own destiny. Mm. But on the worst days, you feel anxious and like, I'm never going to make it. I'm way. in over my head. Yep. I'm a failure, all these things and you just are like Shh, why am I doing this? Am I can I afford to do that? Like this is crazy. And so you know I think I think you know it's so far, it's all been worth it and I and I think it's just because of the tremendous support system that I have. I can't imagine going through all the mood swings without all of the people that I love being so supportive and loving me so much. Um, But I will say those, the highs for me outweigh the lows and just the knowing that I'm in control of my own destiny. And, um, you know, the amazing thing about being a founder is that you, the amazing thing and the tough thing is that for anything to happen, you have to do it. So if I decide tomorrow to just like do nothing on Noor, that's fine, but then nothing's going to happen. It's not like there's, it's like a machine that's just working. Like every single thing that happens, you have to decide that you did it. And so that can feel super amazing when you see the outcome of something that you started, but it can also be super overwhelming. Um, that you have to do it literally everything.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, there you have it. Um, thank you again. Uh, before we uh, get out of here, we ask. Uh, well, Franz, I don't know if you had any additional.
0: No, I, I didn't.
1: Before we get out of here, we ask all our guests the same question. You are on the Driven Society platform. You are on our podcast. What drives you? What is that passion that keeps you going, wakes you up every morning, that keeps you consistently going to consistently, you know, I'm um, um, excelling in school, um, at Harvard Business School, might I add, and just being the just uh, exceptional person that you are?
2: I think two things really drive me. And I've talked about both of them a little bit. So the first one is I often think about just how much racism and racial injustice plague our country. Um, I feel like every day I'm learning a new thing or like a new way that racism is manifests itself. Like recently I was learning about traffic patterns and how that's, you know, if you're stuck in a traffic jam, it's because of segregation. Like there's just so many, there's just so (laughs) there's just so many So many ways that systemic racism manifests itself in the US. And so
1: deeply rooted.
2: So, so deeply rooted. And so I often think about, you know, how do we overcome that? And it's everybody needs to play a part, everybody needs to do something. And I can't just sit back and do nothing because it's just so overwhelming. And so whether that's by creating more equity in skincare and in sun care, whether it's by, you know, hiring formerly incarcerated people, whatever the way that I'm gonna do it, I have to find that way. And it's funny, I would say about once a week since I started Noor, I have a moment, and I call them my like, if not me, then who moments because I'll just have a moment where I'm like overwhelmed or, you know, just like don't want to do something. And I'm like, if not me, then who, who's going to do it? And so that's something that really drives me is just feeling like we all have to play a part. And right now, this is the way that I'm choosing to, you know, fight racial injustice. And um, that's like, that's the major thing. I would say the other thing that drives me is, you know, my parents and their story um you know being immigrants like they came to the U.S. at a time where we didn't have there weren't cell phones you couldn't just like whatsapp your family across the world um my mom was recently telling me about like how she could even call her dad and like all the going to like the places with the phones all these things that I was like that is so terrifying to come here you know in your 20s alone and being so far away from your family and then you know, they ended up staying here and, you know, away from their families to give my sister and I, you know, opportunities. And so I just feel like I need to make the most of of the opportunities that I have. I feel like I need to, um, you know, make my family proud and and do right by my parents and, and by my family who, you know, has done so much to support me and put me in this position where I can be Know here at here right now starting a company.
1: There you go, there you have it. That was um amazing. You are great. We look forward to continuing supporting Thank Um, you. seeing where um how it explodes and the world figuring out you know um about this uh amazing brand. And thank you again for uh being on the podcast. Definitely tell the people, uh where they can find you or the brand or where they can purchase it
2: yeah so definitely follow us on instagram nor x skin so that's n-o-u-r-x skin um and that's our handle for all of our social media accounts um and you'll find you can find more information and stuff there so definitely follow us check us out um yeah all
1: right thank, thank you, you, so much. Appreciate you thank having-
2: you thanks for having me